0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The Reds have had some great players over the years, and more than one of them has played the position of first base. I'm going to settle the debate once and for all and tell you which player is the greatest first baseman in franchise history. Kyle Farmer could be a man without a position in 2023. We're going to tell you why catcher could be an option. And then finally, we will play true or false. Will the Reds sign a free agent in the month of November? We have all that and more right now on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are locked on
0: Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast you are locked on reds with myself jeff carr and my co-host Stephen often we are lifelong cincinnati reds fans that have turned an addiction into this team to information for you we are part of the locked on podcast network your team every day thanks as always for making us your first listen we are free and available on all platforms and on today's podcast we are going to settle an all-time debate there has been a very strange debate about the best first baseman in the history of the Cincinnati reds. And I don't know why it's a debate and Steve is going to tell you, and I'm going to agree as to why it shouldn't be a debate at all. We're going to look at too another way to utilize Kyle farmer and something that was brought up on yesterday's show that Uh, It was in the comments section that honestly, at first I poo-pooed, but now I'm not so sure about, and and we're going to dive into that and, and maybe what the Reds can do uh, here in the month of November as free agency gets going. But Steve, we are going to start off first with a debate, uh, a discussion, a a thought process that doesn't make sense to me or you Uh, tell us why. Well, uh, you know, first off,
1: I'm I'm fully cognizant of the fact that there are going to be a lot of people in their feels after they hear this segment today. Uh, but if you come away from this segment with uh, any other conclusion than what I leave it with, I think you're letting nostalgia and your heart override the facts that we're about to lay out. Uh, this all came to be because, you know, former uh, longtime Reds broadcaster Marty Brenneman, Uh, sat down last week and created his all-time Reds team. And now, to be fair, uh, during the course of that conversation, they slipped in a little caveat that it was only uh, players eligible during Marty Brenneman's tenure as the Reds broadcaster. But that really doesn't change the purposes of this particular discussion. Marty Brenneman named Tony Perez as the greatest Reds first baseman during his tenure uh, as Reds broadcaster. We've been hearing for years that Tony Perez, you know, Hall of Famer, greatest Reds first baseman ever. He was Mr. Clutch. He was the engine that drove the big Red machine. Listen, guys, none of that is true. It's a narrative that was created out of nostalgia and a couple World Series wins. And yes, what a great team. They won the World Series. A team full of hall of famers Uh, you really had no choice but to be able to pick up some rbis if you were batting in the right spot in that (laughs) lineup are you kidding me but the the narrative has held and i think in large part marty brenneman is to blame for this jeff and i know people don't want to hear a lot of hate on marty especially if you're of a certain age you know what marty was the voice of my childhood as well you know there's a special place in my heart for marty and joe on the radio I'm with you, but as he aged, as his run came to an end, he got old, he got grouchy, he got crotchety, and he singled out players unfairly and bashed them, and I think he single-handedly controlled a narrative about certain players and where they rank in the history of this franchise. One, no more than any other, that guy, Joey Votto, you know, for whatever reason, Marty bagged on Joey Votto whenever he could. And I think it's a big part of why there are a lot of people that will look you in the eye today and try and tell you that Joey Votto's not a Hall of Famer, that Joey's a marginal player, that he walks too much, that he doesn't hit for any power, that he's not Mr. Clutch and couldn't get the RBIs. So today, Jeff, we're going to debunk a bunch of that. We're going to debunk Let's Let's start right here. Let's talk about some stat that the guys from the big red machine era will relate to let's talk about batting average Jeff we're gonna talk about good old-fashioned batting average not those newfangled stats not those made-up numbers we're gonna talk about batting average Joey Votto in the history of the Cincinnati Reds franchise ranks number 16 in batting average at 297 Uh, after a couple of downish years he dropped below 300 he ranks 16th where does Tony Perez compare to that? Well, Jeff, he is not in the top 25. As a matter of fact, he is not on that list. We have limited these lists to the top 25 players. Tony Perez, not
0: on the list. Yeah, and I think that's important to note too is that we're not going to go crazy here and tell you about barrels and exit velocity and and we're not going to tell you about all that different stuff. We're telling you about the basic stats that everybody likes to talk about when they talk about baseball players and Joey Vado starts off in the lead. He has the lead in quite a few of these categories, Steve. He does. Let's let's talk about the next category that people
1: can can fully understand without having to understand some of the advanced metrics. Let's talk about home runs because Tony Perez, Mr. Clutch, Mr. Power, right? I mean, he's the guy driving in the runs. Right. He did hit a lot of home runs. He's number four on the Reds' all-time list. Now, to to be clear, I only took their numbers from when they played for the Reds. Tony Perez played for 23 years, a couple other teams. Those are all filtered out. This is Reds' numbers only. Tony Perez, fourth on the Reds' all-time list with 287 home runs during his time as a Cincinnati Red. That's pretty good. Big knock on Joey Votto as he spent too much time trying to draw a walk. He was worried about his on-base percentage. You know, he didn't hit for power like he should have, could have. And I'm going to tell you, that narrative is false. Joey Votto ranks currently number two in the history of the Cincinnati Reds for home runs with 342 home runs trailing only Johnny Bench for home runs as a member of the Cincinnati reds. The narrative that Joey walked too much and didn't hit for enough power is clearly, clearly
0: false. Let that sink in for a minute too, because one of the things about Joey Votto in, in You heard national baseball writers, especially during his prime at 2015, 2016, 2017, and things like that. National writers were talking about this dude is elite at just not getting out. And and so people want to say, well, okay, he's really good at not striking out, but what's he do power wise? There you go. There's the numbers 342 home runs. You know, you'd love to say that, you know, he'd be knocking on the door, of the 500 club, but Joey Votto is a complete hitter he didn't sell out to go for home runs he did it all and this is just how complete of a hitter he is being second all time in the franchise list there's been the knock about him drawing walks
1: and you know Joey Votto has drawn some walks Jeff as a matter of fact he has drawn 1,338 walks during his time in Cincinnati putting him number one on the Reds all-time franchise list for walks um, listen, folks, a walk is as good as a hit, and I will not hear any differently. Tony Perez, during his time with the Reds, ranks number o- way, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Tony Perez <laughs> ranks number 11. He has 671. Uh, a couple Double. more pretty much double. Correct. We're going to throw a couple of other numbers at you on base percentage. Joey Votto did walk a lot. He got on base a lot. In fact, he's number two second all time for the Reds and on base percentage at 412. Tony Perez is not on that list. He's not in the top 25 uh, for the walks. Tony Perez was number 11 slugging percentage. Jeff, Joey but Votto is fifth at 513. Tony Perez, 13th seventy
0: four. But see here, Steve, here's the thing, because the argument is uh, Tony Perez had a lot of RBIs, and, and he he batted in a lot of runs. So, I mean, obviously, that's got to be the biggest difference, right? Well,
1: I will tell you that Tony Perez has a lot of RBIs. A matter of fact, for RBIs, Tony Perez is number two on the Reds' all-time list for RBIs with 1,192. And Joey Votto's so, number one, right? Joey Votto is not no, no. <gasps> joey Votto is number three he Ooh. is immediately behind tony perez joey Votto has 1106 rbis that is a difference for those of you keeping track at home of 86 what i'm saying here is that joey Votto, if he's comeback player of the year, year. like we think he is gonna be in 2023 joey Vado could feasibly pass Tony Perez on the clutch RBI list, yeah. the, the the list that clearly matters the most to the fans of Tony Perez, Joey Votto could pass him this season. Uh, a couple other numbers I just want to throw at you, Jeff. There's three of them. We're going to talk about OPS. Joey Votto second in Reds franchise history at 925. Tony Perez 15th at 820. Let's do it for OPS plus Joey Votto 145. His entire time as a Cincinnati Red, he has played 45% above league average. Tony Perez, 122. Only 22% above league average. War, Joey Votto, 64.3. Good for number four all time. Tony Perez, 54. That's ninth. And here's the number that matters the most. MVPs, Joey Votto, one, should be two. Tony Perez, none. So it all boils back down to that clutch narrative, Jeff, that that talk about being clutch. Joey Votto is 86 RBIs away from passing Tony Perez. Tony Perez had a lineup with Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, Foster, Geronimo, Griffey.
0: How many it's, Hall of uh, Famers?
1: Well, a whole lot of Hall of Famers.
0: <laughs> How many Joey Hall of Votto Famers has Joey Votto played with?
1: Joey Votto is doing it with guys named Motter <laughs> and Gosling and... <laughs> it's ridiculous.
0: Lead-off hitter's name taveras yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Listen, there's <laughs> if you re- if you hear this list, if you want to take some time, the Reds have a great website. Just go on the Google machine, Jeff, Google. Reds all-time leaders for statistics. The Reds have it built into the team website. You can look at these categories. There is no way for anybody to objectively look at this list and think that not only is Joey Votto not the best first baseman in team history, Joey Votto is one of the top three hitters to ever play for this team regardless of position. There is no other way to look at it reasonably without emotion. If, if If you're clinging to the narrative that Tony Perez, by God, is a better first baseman, then you're listening to your heart you're, you're not listening to your head and you're making yourself look just a little bit silly in the process.
0: Yeah. And I think the only argument that you could really feasibly talk about is the world series rings, but also that's not something Joey can control. We've talked about that ad nauseum for multiple different episodes is that Joey Votto can control what he can control. He can't build the roster. He can't make the lineup. He can't make the bullpen changes. He can't build the pitching staff. Like all of that is out of his purview as was Tony Perez. Tony Perez played on, you put Joey Votto on the big red machine. I think they probably win another world series. They probably win a couple more world series. Can
1: you imagine what Joey Votto's career totals would be like if he played on a team like that, a team of greats, a team of pretty much an an all-star team. Can you imagine? I mean, do they beat Baltimore?
0: They probably beat Baltimore. Do they beat Oakland? They probably beat Oakland.
1: Exactly. He probably becomes, you know, the greatest player in the history of the game on that team. Yep. I, I I really, I really truly honestly believe that, but listen, Jeff, here's the bottom line. Here's the big takeaway that I want everybody to, to when they're done being mad at me and I fully understand there's people fuming right now. Joey Votto is better than Tony Perez. He's one of the top three hitters, period. He's been worth every penny of his contract as a member of the Cincinnati Reds, and you won't convince me otherwise. If you can't see it, I encourage you to try and break out of your Marty Berneman brainwashing and the owners' oh-poor-us sympathy fest and really try and see Joey Votto for who he really is so that you can enjoy what will probably be his final season as a member of this team in 2023.
0: Absolutely, right, Steve. Steve absolutely
1: (laughs) all right coming up we are going to take a look at whether or not kyle farmer could make himself a little bit more valuable to this franchise by going back to his roots and putting on the catcher's gear we're going to talk about that coming up but first let's talk about uh, some free agency Jeff and this guy is probably not on the reds radar but it's very interesting uh, over at betonline.net right now they uh, have a great uh, ability for you to wager on some non uh, on the field action some off-season stuff and one of them that really caught my attention is you can uh, put a bet down on where Aaron Judge will end up if it's not the New York Yankees. And there's a couple interesting lines here, Jeff. Uh, the Astros are at plus seven fifty, and the Red Sox are at plus a thousand. So let me ask you this, Jeffrey: What would be a bigger insult to Yankees fans at this point if Aaron Judge signs a big money deal with the Houston Astros this off season, or? If he signs a big money deal to go play at Fenway park for the Boston Red Sox.
0: Red Sox Yankees is one of the best rivalries in all the sports. These two teams hate each other like crazy. Although it's very strange that Aaron Boone tried to like, uh, boost the morale of the team by showing the Red Sox comeback from down three Oh, against the Yankees in 2004. Anyway, whatever that that's beside the point. We're talking about the best rivalry or one of the best rivalries in all the sports. It's the Astros because the Astros own the Yankees right now. Everything that Houston does absolutely dominates New York. And there's there was a joke that was going around the Lockdown MLB host uh, group chat was that if the Astros were still in the National League, how many World Series would the New York Yankees have made it to? And the answer is Well, obviously more than they have, but they have dominated the Yankees. So if Aaron judge goes to the Astros, I mean, this would be like, you know, in the NBA, whenever the warriors dominated the thunder and Kevin Durant went to golden state,
1: you know, Jeff, I, I agree. There might be a little sting to that short-term, but New York Yankees fans are raised from birth to, to not have a dislike for the Boston Red Sox to not, you know, think that the Boston Red Sox are, ah, they are raised to have a hatred for the Boston Red Sox period. And, And that, that, that feeling is returned as young Red Sox fans are also raised to hate the Yankees. Um, That would that would hurt them. I think it would wound the Yankees in a way that they wouldn't get over for many years. As a matter of fact, every time that judge showed up at Yankee Stadium in a Red Sox uniform, it would just rip that scab right off of the wound. So which which one of these signings would hurt Yankees fans more? Well, we could ask our buddy Stacy over at Locked on Yankees, but I think she will tell you that judge signing with the Red Sox would be a wound that would not go away. But listen, Jeff, if you want to find out about this and a whole lot more, head over to betonline.net right now because you can find all of the latest information on player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, football, and golf. You can head to BetOnline.net right now using your computer or mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts all right coming up later this week on the show we're going to continue to to dig into the off season and we will begin to go position by position on the players that we think will still be on this team come spring training 2023 and tell you what you can expect from them and what they need to do in order to remain a part of the reds franchise all right jeff uh There was a comment in the YouTube section on yesterday's episode, and uh, I, like you, kind of poo-pooed this at first, but the more I think about it, the more intriguing it gets a little bit, and and basically it's this. Could Kyle Farmer return to his, his youth, return to his roots, and suit up and play catcher for the Reds in 2023?
0: Yeah. Shout out to Larry Keller because when I first saw this comment from him, I'm just like, no, are you serious? Because uh, listen, there's two schools of thought. The first one that came to my mind was if he was an option for catcher, he would have caught some games last year, but there is also a retort to that as well. And that is, they were so thin at every position Kyle farmer was batting fourth. in no realm of reality. Should that be the case? Like, that is just how hurt the Reds were. The Reds are not going to do, uh, they're going to be a one, another 100 loss team if Kyle Farmer is batting fourth for a significant period of time again in 2023. But I think that after I, I poo pooed that comment initially and I, I was thinking about it, I read something that Wick wrote over at redreporter.com talking about the fact that Kyle Farmer's due to make over $6 million in arbitration this would go a long way to him not not necessarily be worth that money, but convincing a very frugal franchise in the Cincinnati Reds to pay him $6 million. You know, Jeff, there's a lot to unpack right there. Let's start with the
1: fact that Kyle Farmer did not catch in 2022. Uh, I think it would be a bit criminal on the part of the front office and the manager to suddenly be willing to put Kyle Farmer behind the plate in 2023, given what they did in 2022. There were a lot of guys that could have filled in at third base and shortstop. They had Matt Reynolds. They had uh, Donovan Solano. They had other guys that could have filled in and played more, even after all the trades. And so it makes me wonder if at any point in 2022, and you would have to think this happened, that somebody went to Kyle Farmer and said, hey, bro, we're going to need you to catch. And he said no. Uh, It's Mm. been a long time since he caught in the majors with any regularity, and I could see a scenario where, you know, it's one thing if you're asking him to go catch an inning and fill in. But if you're suddenly asking a guy to start at the position of catcher in the major leagues after a long absence, uh, there's potential for him to go out there and embarrass himself and not look any better than a Chris Oki or uh, Colesberry or, you know, any of these other guys that couldn't you know, catch a baseball. So I would get there being reluctance on Kyle farmer's part, not wanting to do that. Now, this is a different scenario. If they come to him in the offseason and before spring training and say, listen, bro, we're going to need you to be kind of like catcher number two B we're going to go sign somebody, but we're need you to catch some innings and he can yeah. work on that in the offseason And he can work on that in spring training and not, you know, have the potential to embarrass himself during the regular season. I think it's different. So for me, it does increase his value both uh, to him personally, but his value to the franchise, because I don't think they're going to spend big money on a backup catcher. They're going to go get somebody they have to, but if you can create opportunities for Kyle farmer by slotting him in strategically behind the plate, why not? Uh, this team needs every little bit of edge that it can find. And if you can get Kyle Farmer in there and get some left-handing pitching and, and it happens to be behind the plate, more power to him.
0: And I think that's the key. And And we've talked about before how the Reds need to approach this as Tyler Stevenson is catcher 1A. They need a catcher 1B. They don't just need a backup. They need a guy that they can trust whenever Tyler Stevenson isn't catching. Kyle Farmer's not catcher 1B. But – if you're talking about maybe 20 games, 15 games this year, playing catcher, I think I could get behind that. And I wonder if Kyle Farmer would also get behind that. Plus you're talking about a dude that we have both agreed his best value to the Reds, whenever the Reds are once again good, is as a super utility, not as a guy that you have to slot in at a certain position each and every day, but as a guy who can move around and spell dudes and give guys breaks and things like that. This would just add to that value. Plus the all important thing is if he does this and he, you know, doesn't do a Chris Oakey or a Michael Papirski behind the plate, then you increase his trade value and maybe he becomes another, another Brandon Drury type dude like that. I think that's kind of what I'm looking for with any addition that the Reds make this year is what are they going to bring to the team? But also could they potentially be a Brandon Drury that the Reds can get some prospects for?
1: And, and here's another piece of this, Jeff. The Reds ran Kyle Farmer out there at shortstop, and we all lost our minds. We are like, he can't play shortstop. This is ridiculous. He's not a shortstop. This is a terrible idea. And he just went out there and played some of the best defensive shortstop in the league. Two years ago, not last year. Two. Years. Yeah, two years ago. So then... We decided, well, we're going to make room for the youth movement. Here comes Jose Barrero. Kyle, you got to move to third base. And we're like, oh, now we're asking him to play a new position at the major league level. It's going to be difficult, blah, blah, blah. He goes over to third base and plays it like a champ. He's making picks over there like he's played there all along. He played tremendous defensive baseball. You know, I wonder if Kyle Farmer really just is a ball player, Jeff. He's a gamer. Stick him. He's a gamer. If we stick him behind the plate. Could he rise to the occasion and once again for a third time become a defensive asset at a new position at the major league level on the fly?
0: And you know what? If that happens, if the Reds make him catcher 2B or 2A or, you know, whatever. They they ask him 15 times, 20 times this year to catch. And he does so admirably, I'll shut up about Kyle Farmer because he can do everything. If, if that's the case, and I know that that that's always been a thing. And whenever you talk to a fan of another team and they're like, oh yeah, Kyle farmer, didn't he catch one time? He was like a catcher and a shortstop at the same. That's kind of cool. And it's just like, yeah, he caught, it was like 2019 was the last time that he, you know, catched multiple games in the major leagues, but could he do it again? I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that you hand a te- you hand him a test and he passes that test. So I would be interested to see how this works out. I it's been an arc over the last you know twelve fourteen ish hours or whatever since I saw that comment and I was just like, no way! <laughs> Wait a minute. Hmm.
1: Well, and you know, Jeff. I mean, the Reds have set the bar very high for bad ideas. Over the course of the years (laughs) that that bar is that bar is very, very high. It's off the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, the bar is way up there. This does not pass that there. There are ideas that could be worse. So, you know, for a team that is going to luck its way into being relevant for that last wild card spot. uh, Experiment. See what you got. See what you can do. Kind of get yourself positioned as we continue to move towards that 2024 time. So go ahead. Play around with it.
0: Which one are you taking? Ayuheno e. Suarez playing shortstop or Kyle Farmer playing catcher. Oh, gotta pick one.
1: I was so all in on Gino that I have to take <laughs> Kyle Farmer on this one. Cause boy, boy, Gino made me look bad,
0: brother. Yeah, it made me
1: I'm look bad. So yeah, there. I'm all in on Kyle Farmer.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm. on, I'm, uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind to see that. I really wouldn't. I, I've definitely come a long way in like the last half a day about this idea, but I wonder if the Reds will. And, and a lot of that, is going to have to do with what they do this off season, because we all agree and, and they have i think they've tipped their hand in this case that they need to go out and get a catcher and you know what the world series is almost over steve and whether or not whoever wins free agency begins on november 6th so this could be a month in which the reds may come um, move maybe i i don't know i feel like even just saying that I'm, I'm gonna be disappointed but we are going to dive into that thought about whether or not the reds can make a free agency edition or some kind of move this month coming up in next before we do that though i want to let you know you can follow us on twitter in between shows you're gonna want to check out our takes we've got them a plenty. Over there on Twitter, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Also, make sure if this is your first time watching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notified whenever we uh, have some new content for you. Whenever we go live, we're going to do that more often uh, this off season as we kind of uh, move through figure out what the reds are going to do. And we're going to take your questions, comments. We have a whole segment that you get to control based on what you want to talk about with the Cincinnati reds. Whenever we have a live show, but Steve as the month of November gets going here, uh, free agency and officially the off season for everybody, including the Astros and the Phillies will get started. Will we see the reds make a move? I want to say yes. So bad.
1: But that would be like me taking the over when you tell me to. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> I don't think they are going to sign anybody in November. I think whatever offseason moves this this team makes is going to be from the second and third tier level of free agents. And there's not going to be a lot of signings in that tier until other teams shake out what they're going to do with the big money guys and see which teams miss out on the big money guy and maybe overpay a little bit for tier two, which means you still got to wait on tier three. All that being said, I think the reds won't sign their
0: first free agent until January. January. Yeah. That it, it, it seems like that would be the case. The one thing that I want to bring up, and it's something that we've talked about off air. And that is the idea of kind of drumming up some sort of interest before Reds Fest. Now I don't necessarily know that Nick crawl thinks on that granular of a level, and they're probably not considering that at all, but consider what happened whenever the red sign, Mike Mostakis. everyone lost their minds at Reds Fest. Everyone wanted to meet him. They even signed them to the, you know, uh, Given him enough time to fly in. They brought him into Reds Fest, hadn't even played in any for the Reds yet. And he was already one of the most popular guys at Reds Fest. We'll, We'll talk later about whether that panned out or not, but could the Reds make a move like that before Reds Fest? I think it'd be interesting. Now they're not going to set a record, for like the new contract, like they did with Mike Moustakis, they're not going to sign a huge name guy, but could they sign like a Corey Kluber? We've talked about him and as being a, a possible like you, option. You really want that Kluber signing. Don't you? <laughs> I really do, man. I really do. I did whenever he was a free agent, like a couple of years ago and then that didn't work, but, uh yeah, I, I, I think that this is the year to pounce on that, but I would love to see that, but I tend to agree with you. I think, you know what I'll, I'll, I'll be different. I say yes, but in the vein of like a Travis Jankowski or Philip Deal signing and <laughs> that we're probably really not getting that excited about it, but they'll be like, hey, look, yes, we made a move see you're not wrong
1: they do need to generate a reason for people to to turn up at Reds Fest so I think I've well, more likely... some people
0: tell me they're not interested in Reds Fest which just sure. blows so, my mind but yeah.
1: so I think more likely than signing a big name free agent that's going to draw people to Reds Fest the Reds are going to announce like some kind of uh, event uh, a Q&A with Phil Castellini <laughs> or something like that to not draw, him, no, to him draw. Anyone else. no could you? how many people would show up just to yell at him I mean <sighs> if, he, if he really wants to put some butts in the seats as they say uh he could announce he's gonna just take questions from the audience unfiltered i would show up for that
0: i would hope he has a lot of boone county bourbon in front of him or something i don't (laughs) know (laughs) but that would man just for him like I, i wouldn't say that i really enjoy the guy's presence but i mean as a person i would i would feel for him in that case because that would that would just be that would be a um pie pie contest like a verbal a lot of people throwing Ooh, verbal they pies should do that him. no not verbal oh. let's do that
1: you know they could do it for the reds community fund you pay money oh. for a pie like you know 50 bucks for a pie and you get to walk up and smash Phil in the face with it i i both i would donate i would spend mm. that money hmm
0: you get know the what? Reds on
1: the phone right now. Let's yeah. get them on the phone.
0: It's just like the fifth idea we've come up with this offseason of free PR. Hey, Reds, here you go. Free PR. Uh, do a pie in pie Phil's face contest. There you go. Um, that. that. It sounds like the best way to end this podcast. <laughs> Thank yes, you so it does. much. Oh my gosh, Steve, take us away. That, that was awesome.
1: <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for making locked on reds. Your first listen of the day. Now check out the locked on sports today podcast. They have the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day locked on sports today is just like locked on reds. It's free and available on the odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jeff, we're going to be baking pies for Reds Fest, it sounds like. We're going to be monitoring some transactions. What can uh, what can people expect from us as we go screaming into November and
0: the Reds offseason? You can expect us to be on top of every move, on top of every rumor, and on top of whether or not it should be banana cream or coconut cream pie that we throw into Phil's face in this metaphorical pie-throwing contest, because we are locked on Reds. Every single day. <sighs> My mouse isn't working. <laughs> can I? No. I, what,
1: what is happening?
0: <laughs> a My mouse, a mouse won't click. Um. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.